all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Most of the time when we ponder the concept of interaction between two people or a person and something in the external external environment, we, we kind of ponder, conceptualize it as the the space between ourselves and what we're interacting with and that becomes then the divide and we then consider this the space where we put our experiences or kind of focus our experiences as a matter of fact interactions between people things whatever it may be has nothing to do with the space between the two interactors if you like but rather it's what's the internal experience how does the individual show up in the interaction and how do they respond to the aspect they're interacting with whether that being a person a thing an experience whatever it may be and it is with this in mind that we then go to explore what interactions really are about and then we can from that understand also how we can then move about to create more positive or not positive i suppose we shouldn't judge things good or bad but how we can create the interactions that are serving our higher good mutually and this is the concept of conscious interactions and if you decided that this is as far as you're going to listen to this podcast, just keep in mind that you're only responsible for your part of the interaction, not the other person's or the other experience or the other thing that you're interacting with. But I hope you will stay around for the uh, length of the uh, the podcast so that we can challenge you to think even further and deeper into this topic and to be able to bring this into the world and further become the optimal version of yourself. Enjoy! The moment you become aware of the ego within you, it is, strictly speaking, no longer the ego, but just an old conditioned mind pattern. Ego implies unawareness. Awareness and ego cannot coexist. And this uh, deep, profound uh, quote comes from Eckhart Tolle, because today we are talking about conscious interactions. And uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day with uh, uh, Jose Jean, uh, People Not Numbers, if you want to look up his podcast. He's a wonderful Frenchman uh, or French Lebanese living down in uh, Dubai. And he's uh, got these wonderful uh, podcast I can warmly recommend. But um, one of the interviews or one of the discussions he had um, kind of, tri- or not triggered me, but it um, invited me to uh, think about interactions, relationships, uh, whether that being you know romantic, relationships with our children, uh, co-workers, people we meet on the street, people that, you know, work in shops, whatever it may be. Uh, And what it is that makes those relationships, you know, what what they provide for us and what they provide for others. So I'm 
I was kind of looking at it from I don't I don't want to look at things from a perspective of good or bad, but rather what can we learn from them? And are they reflecting of our authenticity? Uh, so and as always, I, I try to kind of structure these conversations in uh, in some sort of a uh, framework. And uh, so starting off, I was looking at kind of the internal experience versus the external experience. Because when we are looking at interactions, it's really a case of who shows up within ourselves. Um, and how do we how do we uh, kind of experience ourselves in that interaction? So if we are looking at the external, uh, you know we the elements that are going to have an impact on the interaction is what are what's our conditioned perspective and labels. So for example, you have uh, you and your boss. Your boss uh, has some sort of a leadership position uh, in most organizations in a way. So you will have that kind of interaction and there's uh, all sorts of expectations and assumptions and uh, uh, implied behavioral systems that we, we engage with. Um, that, you know, for example, we're supposed to have a certain level of reverence or respect for our boss. Um, now, whether these are, you know, warranted, valid or not, that I leave up to you. But it's something that we can be conscious of when we are having these interactions, because we are further down the line here going to look at also how does the interaction resonate with us? Because if it doesn't, then there's something off. And that's what we want to look at. Well, well, also, you know, if we have an interaction and we're, we leave it buzzing, as it were, from uh, excitement and uh, enthusiasm, passion, what have you, then we also know that we had a, a, an interaction that resonated. So... Don't want to jump ahead too much, but uh, that's kind of the <laughs> what we are looking for here. Um, so, conditions, pers con conditioned perspectives and uh, labels. That's going to all depend on your upbringing, your what society you grew up in, uh, you know, your religious background, and so forth and so forth. Um, and as you travel around the world, that's going to be different. So. In some cultures, there is a much stronger divide between uh, a boss and a subordinate, uh, whereas in other uh, other cultures or societies, it's more lax and more uh, kind of relaxed and uh, easygoing. Um, so we we have to as we, and as we show up in those in those uh, interactions how do i how do i show up in that what kind of do i take on a personality or am i myself do i do i change in some way um, how am i conscious of 
the uh, the different roles that we're playing, the subordinate and the uh, the superior, or you know, if you're in a shop, you're the the customer, and the person that's serving you is the uh, service person. Um, so we always step into these roles, I suppose, and we we kind of act within the roles as expected by society. So that's something to consider. Now, we, in all types of interactions, whether it be with your children or with your parents or relatives, your cousin or your, uh, your partner or people on the street, who, where, whatever it may be, there are typically three kind of levels that we can uh, position ourselves as. We can either be a superior, we can be an equal or subordinate. And looking at how we, what position we have in relation to someone else. So if I show up in uh, in my in my uh, relationship, my love uh, romantic relationship, as a domineering superior person, and I'm unaware of it, and the uh, that also then means that obviously the other person is then becomes a subordinate. Are they finding themselves appreciating that role? Uh, is the role roles working, or are they dysfunctional? Are they uh, incongruent? If they're if they are forced upon us, then oftentimes that's going to then lead to uh, that kind of schism in the relationship. Uh, so that is part of being able to say, okay, and be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I'm, I'm I feel I'm being subordinate in the, this relationship, and that's not working for me. So having that communication and that uh, uh, openness with your partner is so important to express how you feel. And of course, if uh, they are not responding to that or they, they are not resonating with that and don't feel like they want to do anything about it, I, I hear a lot of uh, couples that one person wants to grow and become an optimal version of themselves. But the other parts, part, or the the other partner really couldn't care less. They're happy with the thing, way things are, and uh, they're just going to uh, truck along in their own tracks. Now that's then going to cause uh, a conflict because obviously, if you have one person that is being this uh, superior in the relationship, and suddenly the other person steps up to become more equal, then the person who's acting superior has no subordinate anymore to uh, to control or to uh, manage as it were so that then causes that conflict and uh, it within the relationship so always kind of have a look at that too and of course you know i'm not when i'm talking about archetypes i'm not really talking about uh about Carl Jung's uh, archetypes, but more, again, what, what is it that the society expects from me, you know, me being man and father uh, and so forth, what is 
the societal expectations that I grew up with, and do I do they do I resonate with them? Do I agree with them? Is that something that uh, really holds water for me? Um, so looking at what types of archetypes do I show up as, and what archetypes do other people show up as in in uh, in relations to me? Because when people show up in my and interacting with me, they are going to be a reflection of uh, my, oftentimes my my uh, uh, my energy that I hold. So, for example, if I don't feel good about myself and I feel that I am less than others, then most often people that are going to show up in my uh, to interact with me are going to take that more superior uh, position or they're going to take uh, a domineering position, whatever it may be. And, and when that is in an archetypical situation, manager, sub subordinate, that can become more extreme. Um, so another thing to keep in, uh, in mind and uh, uh, have a look out for. So we're looking at the conditional uh, condition perspectives. We're looking at the labels, and that kind of plays in with the archetypes as well. Uh, and what position in an interaction do we assume? Do we assume the uh, uh, superior, the equal, or the subordinate? And what... So when we are looking at this from our own perspective, because in a in an interaction, we, we're not trying to figure out what's happening within someone else. We're just looking at how is that person uh, showing up in in uh, kind of in uh, response to us? How how do we respond or how do we reflect on that person? And that is then going to tell us, uh, will give us a clue as to how we show up. Because it is now important to understand what it is, is it that motivates us to show up the way we show up in the interaction, in the external environment. We're going to talk about the internal uh, in just a minute. But understanding what it is that motivates us to show up as the perhaps the superior or the uh, subordinate, if we're showing up as equals, that's also a good uh, uh, indicator, a good way to understand. Okay, well, we are we are on the same level here. We're resonating. So then, things normally are uh, quite good, but that can also change from. Uh, different topics you're discussing perhaps the other person is uh, more knowledgeable then perhaps that becomes that superior subordinate relationship and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just being aware of that and this is where we're talking about conscious interactions that we are conscious about the interaction we're having with someone else and that we are able to reflect on it and seek our authenticity in that interaction so if it you know does it does the uh, dynamics does it uh, resonate with us so looking at the internal and this is you know where it gets a little complex because um, 
often uh, complex and we might need to practice this a little bit, but uh, in order to really uh, tap into the different parts of ourselves, because really, and there's actually a uh, therapeutic um, modality called uh, called uh, parts therapy and in that process what we want to do is understand what part of me is showing up in the interaction so say for example we are being triggered in an interaction with a loved one now when we are being triggered that is then an aspect of ourselves or a part of ourselves from the core wounding or trauma or traumatic experience, something that we've experienced previously that our subconscious recognizes as similar and therefore has uh, this idea of having to defend ourselves uh, in, in, in the context of the trigger. So when we are triggered, that part of ourselves, that experience, I would say it was, it's a uh, aspect of our five-year-old selves that is being triggered. Then we tend to show up in the experience or in the interaction as that five-year-old version of ourselves, because that's now being activated and it's that part of ourselves that is being uh, being put forward and kind of we're bringing that experience up back up again from the subconscious so if we're not aware of it and we're not conscious of it we can very much show up in a in a very uh, drastic and uh, not very typical way for our uh, for our normal uh, way of being and we could reflect on ourselves afterwards and say oh where the hell did that that come from but it is that part of ourselves that shows up so we we are essentially reacting to the trigger from the aspect of ourselves that is the five-year-old um so looking at what part of me is showing up in the interaction? Because that will then also give us clues as to, uh, you know, is it core wounding, is the trauma, or is it my authentic self that is showing up? Now, the authentic self's self is uh, might change or our idea of it might change over time. So this is why we always want to continuously observe and be aware and be conscious of uh, how we show up in our different experiences and interactions, because we will then get a new idea of what is my authenticity. Uh, Oftentimes, though, when we start working on this and we are kind of starting to observe ourselves and kind of just becoming conscious and aware of ourselves, we are typically going to show up from that kind of core wounding and trauma aspect of ourselves. Uh, But just knowing that there are different parts of you that show up at different times, depending on 
what's being mirrored back to you is oftentimes uh, you know half the half the job because that then allows you to say oh interesting i snapped at this person and it wasn't really perhaps it wasn't a big deal but i snapped at them all the same what part of me showed up there so asking that question to yourself will then start that process of finding out where this came from now obviously once you know that then you also have a clue as to what aspect of yourself you need to heal because the beauty of triggers or you know like i say don't waste a good trigger is that you in order to be triggered by something you have to hold an aspect of that which is triggering you within yourself if you didn't then it would just pass you by you wouldn't pay any notice to it so when we are having those having those interactions we might and it might be different things that be triggered it might be joy it might be sadness it might be uh, anger or something else that's triggered and they're all valuable uh, pieces of uh, this puzzle to build up our own experiences and understand ourselves and have this awareness of ourselves and looking also at when we are experiencing thing or we are having that interaction when something is triggered or we we are reflecting on something where is my awareness am i aware uh, you know am i being conscious of this and aware of this in from my head am i so stuck in my head as it were uh, so am i having taking more of a external analytical point of view of it or am i in my heart space or is my awareness kind of just floating about and observing um and these all uh, important ingredients in order to understand how you show up in that interaction so the the interaction with someone else is, as you may understand at this point really has nothing to do about the other person it's all about how you are showing up that's what what's interesting the other person is merely there to uh, like anything in our uh, reality constructs is really there to reflect back on uh, to you so that you can experience yourself because of, if we were just consciousness in the vacuum uh, there wouldn't be anything around us to for us to reflect on ourselves uh, you know, we wouldn't have a body, it would just be consciousness. There wouldn't be anything to for us to reflect back on ourselves. So we couldn't experience ourselves. But in this body and in these bodies, these uh, uh, environments, uh, houses with doors and windows and walls and all of that, and then people around, that then gives us an opportunity to experience ourselves because it constantly reflects back on us how do i and this is where it's so uh, interesting as we're talking about uh, conscious interactions because there 
we tr we tend to sh really read into the interaction a lot more so what is the other person thinking of me that's where we usually pay our attention not we don't usually pay attention to how am i showing up it's more about ooh, what does the other person think about me am i you know am i being good enough for this interaction or this relationship so something to consider there when you show uh, when you are having an interaction with someone how do you think about it do you mainly concern yourself with the uh, aspect of judgment from another party or perhaps are you reflecting on yourself from what you assume the other person is thinking about you or are you being conscious about yourself in that interaction not as to what they're thinking about you but are you observing yourself and using yourself to experience or to understand how you're showing up in the experience so keeping that keep that in mind yeah um absolutely oh i love this um these sessions they're absolutely brilliant topics thank you so much um in terms of how i show up so i tend to like in certain well in certain interactions i i kind of observe myself quite a lot these days Mm -hmm. since doing a lot of awareness work and I try and see where I'm showing up and where I'm not showing up and I kind of and I kind of try and see patterns and trends on uh on my own um behaviors and interactions and responses right that's yeah. why you're being aware of uh, what part of you is showing up though yeah I tend to see like certain um trends and patterns whereby i'm like oh wait a minute um why am i doing this again like no more do you know All what right. i mean like sometimes there's mm -hmm. times where i'm um being avoidant you know like the attachment avoidant style yeah like oh i can't handle this right now or rather than just telling the person do you know what i'm just a bit busy right now i'll get back to you soon as which is something i used to do but i stopped yeah. doing for the past couple of years so i feel like i i knew catch myself on certain things and be like no you're going to work on this no from now on we're going to do this do you know what i mean yeah yeah um and how so, is that helping you in your process yeah i think it, it it's taking me steps forward it makes me feel more confident knowing that when i do say that or when i do um interact and just say how things are really mm -hmm. then there's more openness in terms of conversation there's more vulnerability there there's more transparency and i think that that actually creates better friendships better um relationships yeah have you noticed mm -hmm. a difference in in your interactions with others Yeah, I think they've been more open and transparent and I've also found that when I've been open and transparent the other person then ends up opening up as well quite a lot mm -hmm. because then they feel like they can also be open and transparent. I'm not saying I'm giving them permission to do that. 
I mean, obviously they have the permission to do that themselves, mm-hmm. but I think it just opens up the doorway. It opens up the the route, the path of more more uh, deeper connections, definitely for sure. And it's when I t- tend to step back again and go in my old patterns, then I I, I feel uh, the doors are closing. It's mm-hmm. a bit like it's a bit like the lift door. It's like whoa, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> you're not closing just yet. You're gonna start opening it up again. And just saying how things are, if things aren't right right now, then just say, you know what, I can't interact right now or I'm too busy right now or, you know, like I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Currently, I'm not able to, you know, things like that. Um, rather than just not responding back, you know. Do you find yourself uh, being less triggered or are you, is it the same level or uh, and you're just being more aware of it? How do you find that? I'm more aware of it and I'm more conscious aware conscious of it. Yeah. Um, and how, so how do you how do you use that awareness uh, when you're so say you you're something triggers you say you get angry or you feel anger coming up how how do you use that awareness within the context of that anger? How do I use the awareness in the context of the of the anger or it could be sadness or whatever whatever's triggering you triggering you um how do i use the awareness um does it allow you to respond in a different way does it allow you to uh, be more in control or less in control how do you find it yeah more in control of myself and less triggered because i'm just communicating Mm-hmm. openly and transparently and effectively in a sense where the other person actually knows what's going on. Right. So then they're not triggered. Like I, I do have a couple of friends where I, I also know that they've got patterns and triggers mm-hmm. and I know I can tell when, when, when the trigger's coming up, I'm quite sensitive to that. And therefore I feel like I'm also making them feel safe as well in a sense where there's safety between the friendship where it's like, you know what? I'm not ignoring you right now. I've just got a few issues. I will get back to you soon now. And then they, there, well, one of my friends, her nervous system starts to kind of calm down as well. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So, Otherwise, uh, she'd be like one message after the other, after the other, like, hey, sure. are you okay? What's going on? Are you all right? La, 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 la. Do you know what I mean? Right. Rather than getting message after message after message in terms of like her anxiousness, it's me then also helping myself to to in that sense as well and her as well in that friendship where it's like you know the safety here there's this open open container between us and you know right now I'm not able to get back to but I will do as soon as I can trust me on this kind of thing you know yeah and then trust is there then there providing that I get back to her obviously um, well, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, then the trust is not there, is it? And the safety isn't there. That's just making it again, and then having to do the whole cycle. Um, well, that's beautiful. So the uh, you being able to show up and communicate. Do you find that it allows you to de-escalate situations as well? Because you are not being triggered by someone's trying to escalate something with you, or yeah, I think in terms of that, that's a good question because in terms of like escalation, I think when you're able to control your own 
own emotions, when you're able to control your own patterns and you're in the know. Um, and in that moment, you're quite aware as well because it's very difficult to not be aware in that moment and 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 just go with what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and follow that path. So it's having that awareness and being in the know in that very moment as well, taking a deep breath. I think taking deep breaths is very important um for me um taking a deep sure. breath and within within that time i think when it starts to calm your nervous system down it's like okay now what do i do now i can think better um and not react instead of respond you know because mm-hmm. instead of respond because reaction versus response is different isn't it um and uh yeah. Sorry, what was your question? I think I've just gone on a tangent here. <laughs> no, I think you answered it. Um, so the, the point is really to observe ourselves so that we can control our thoughts, our words, our actions. Um, in, in that, in the triggering uh, process of that. Um, so that, in like you're describing that, you can then show up and be more authentic and more uh, feel safe to communicate your the way you feel with the people that you're interacting with mm-hmm. and that then makes them feel safe and can then reflect back that level of safety to you so the the interaction becomes deeper and more profound mm-hmm. but it also it becomes conscious on both levels but often uh, oftentimes or Sometimes, I should say, um, the other party doesn't necessarily have the same level of consciousness. Um, so they might show up in a different way than we are, mm-hmm. uh, not having that desire to really grow or uh, be conscious of it. They, they're mostly aware of how you're showing up as opposed to how they're showing up. Um so those are the situations we have to be aware of that, you know, we can't assume that we know anybody's stories or their own pro- their processes um, and that we can't take anything personally. Yeah, right? definitely. The, the bit in terms of personal, I think I've started to uh, tell myself, don't take this personally. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Um and I think that's actually helped as well because then it helps me relax myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also times where I've had to actually sit down with my thoughts and be like, wait a minute, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling like this? Like, first of all, what's the feeling that's coming up? Why am I feeling like this? And I tend to go through the thought patterns mm-hmm. in terms of going through what I'd done I had done previously in an RTT session whereby it was whereby it was like okay well if I'm feeling like this what does this mean and if this means this then what does this mean then and then why do you know what I mean and it goes all Mm -hmm. the way down to the root cause in terms of like well if I feel like this and this is what this means then this means this and that yeah so it's actually a whole thought pattern that goes all the way down to the root cause Mm-hmm. then it's like okay now this is why I'm feeling like so this is why this is triggered this and then it's going back to that again and being like right okay I need to work on this oh that, that's why in uh, psychotherapy we're always talking about knowing your own process um you know when you're sitting 
with a client, uh, knowing your own process and being able to reflect on your own process is so important uh, for the uh, therapeutic relationship, as it were. Uh, so kind of translating that into just a uh, everyday interaction, it's the same thing. It's knowing your own process. You know, mm-hmm. if, I, if, if someone shows up this way and I it triggers me this way, knowing that it does trigger me and what happens and how do I respond to it, Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to find that that uh, those pieces of growth and uh, learning, right? Yeah, definitely. That totally makes sense. That in terms of growth and learning, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely something to, for me specifically, uh, something to master in terms of emotions, mm-hmm. um, because I am such a feeler and I I do feel a lot of people's emotions even when I'm like going even when I'm in a room I can actually feel people's um energies coming at me Uh and um sometimes it can be uh, a bit difficult to protect my own energy um and uh fall into the loophole and the spiral of um other people's energies sure yeah so I have to be really really careful um and protecting a lot of us do (laughs) yeah protective and uh and grounding myself on a daily basis even sometimes like three times a day um just to protect my own self and my own yeah of course yeah yeah but uh being that again goes back to awareness if if you are aware of the energies that are coming towards you when when you interact with someone you also interact on an energetic level um, mm. and that if you're unaware of that process it can really take you over and take over your how you're responding to the interaction but if you're aware of it then you you can kind of work within that and you can release whatever is not yours and you, you then have your boundaries, um, energetic boundaries, and then you, you'll be fine, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Definitely so, a daily practice. Uh, yes, for sure. And uh, mm. uh, as when I started out with this, uh, working with this process of myself, it was... Uh, just had to remind myself every 10 minutes, every single day. So it is a, a dedicated practice that you, uh, we, we all have to go through if we choose to do so, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, comparing the, uh, the external experience of the interaction versus the internal. So uh, when we are looking at them, the two, we can ask you, ask ourselves the question: Are they aligning? So, uh, if you weren't here for the first part of it, we're looking at the external. We have the conditioned perspective, perspectives and labels. Uh, so, what what label am I taking on, and what label is the other person taking on, uh, or also what labels are we assigning to each other, based on our societal upbringing religion and so forth um and what what are the positions we're assuming are we being a superior equal or subordinate um and 
again, also could link into the condition perspectives and labels. What are the archetypes that are showing up in terms of stepping into different roles? Um, so are these aligning, how are these aligning to how we are showing, experiencing the interaction on the inside? Um, do I feel like the subordinate? Do I feel like the superior? Do I feel like the manager or, or am I in full-blown, uh, 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 what's it called, the uh, imposter syndrome uh, mode? So being able to see if the external experience is aligning or resonating with the internal experience, then we can start to understand. So if they are, where does it, do they come from the same place? So perhaps I'm taking a, for example, I'm taking a superior a position of superiority because I'm trying to protect something or that I'm going into a kind of a defense mode, um, which is then coming from a, perhaps a core wounding. Um, do, so is the, is the fear within me aligning with uh, the position of superiority that I'm taking up? Okay, where is that coming from? Because there's me stepping into a kind of a superior role or superiority role. That is then my response to the trigger of fear within myself. So now that is my contribution to the interaction. But I also understand that that is triggered by something on the external that's triggered by the other person. So I can understand, okay, what is it that is reflecting back to me? And I can then go in and I can understand this process better within me. And I can do, then remove myself from the superior position and go into a more equal position and communicate uh if appropriate, what I'm experiencing. Uh, if I don't do it to that person, it might not be have anything to do with this person. Uh, then perhaps afterwards, uh, I'll write a note in my uh, uh, journal or something like that, just to communicate it out. Because then I'm able to also uh, release a part of that, which an element of it, uh, which has that which has triggered me. Uh, so when we are experiencing anything like that, it's always a perfect opportunity to find out where it's coming from. Because once we know where it's coming from, we also know what aspects of ourselves uh, that we can, uh, that needs healing. So when we are, you know, if we are showing up with fear in a particular interaction, just asking, oh, interesting, where is this fear coming from? Then that will open up the doorway to understand where the fear is coming from. And we can then uh, start to work with that in the process. Uh, they, some of you will be familiar with that I work with is the compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. Now, if we're, Constantly, and you, you can look at the flip side, if we're not conscious of our interactions and every time this 
situation is being reflected back on me and I take this superior role and uh, because I'm trying to protect myself, then I'm very likely to show up uh, confrontational. And a lot of, you know, that's not always going to work. So, and being unconscious of it, then I'm just going to do it on automation. And people are going then to assign me as this person with this particular personality. But if I am conscious of it, I can remove myself from that position and say, okay, well, this is not necessary. I am experiencing this fear, but I can choose how I express this fear out into the open, how I react to it, how I think about it, and how I speak about it. I don't need to go into uh, assume this role or archetype or uh, whatever it may be. Now, if they aren't aligning, that also can give me an opportunity to say, okay, well, what are the similarities between the external experience and the internal experience? Why is there this incongruency? Why are, what's the uh, disalignment, if you like? Okay, so first asked here, what are the archetypes? Uh, so I, when I'm talking about archetypes in this respect, I'm not uh, referring to Carl Jung's uh, archetypes, but more the kind of labels that uh, we have in society. So uh, I suppose I should say identities rather than archetypes. Um, so the identity of uh, being a father, mother, grandfather, boss, uh, you know, uh, expert, whatever it may be. Um, it's very popular nowadays, for example, to say that, you know, if you make a statement on, on uh, social media, that you say, experts today say that da-da-da-da-da. We don't classify who the experts are. But then someone reading that is like, well, some experts said that. So it must be true, right? So we assign this weight to the uh, the archetype or the identity of the expert. Um, so that that's just way of, one way of looking at it. But we show up as these different identities depending on what interaction we're having. And being aware of that identity, we can then go in and say, okay, well, these are the belief systems I have uh, in my external world with regards to the you know the expert or you know if i read something and it says experts say and i say oh that must be true if i'm aware of that i can say well hang on a second who's the expert i i can start asking uh, questioning my motives here and that is one of the key things always in this process asking the questions is what's going to lead us to uh, the conscious uh, interaction because I can now ask myself, what, what's my motivation of showing up this way? And what's my motivation of, of why am I reacting like this? Uh, yes, no, I was just uh, asking if um, it's all about being curious, asking about why, what, when, where, how. Yeah, absolutely. Curious, you know, <laughs> you have the famous saying that curiosity killed the cat, but uh, uh, I don't think curiosity is a bad thing. I think it's a necessity for uh, 
becoming aware and uh, growing and you know learning uh, if you're not curious then uh, you're going to stagnate and especially when it comes to learning about yourself having that process of constantly questioning and being curious you will then grow and learn uh, quite automatically because as i've mentioned so many times before that once you start asking questions within yourself your mind is going to seek out the answers because the mind doesn't like open-ended things it likes to compartmentalize it likes to box things up and we talk about this in psychometry because if i have an open-ended energy coming into to my field and I'm becoming aware of it, my mind is going to come in and try to make assumptions about that energy rather than me being open to uh, it being unresolved and saying, that's okay. So if I have an emotion coming up that I'm not familiar with and perhaps it's not ready to really reveal itself to me, then being willing to allow it to be unresolved then will that will then give me opportunities to learn more about it but the mind oftentimes wants to box things up and close it off and you know doesn't like open-ended things uh, and doesn't look like loose ends um, but if i if i ask questions of the mind then the mind can go seek uh, seek out the answers and especially when it's the subconscious the subconscious then can bring back the elements that i need uh, for my healing process yes something you just uh, said in terms of uh, curiosity something just came to mind um when you're when uh, when i'm more curious um, i'm able to gather more information and the more information i can gather the more i can understand the situation and then the more i can understand the situation the easier it is to get to solutions uh, when you've got all, all your ammunition ammunition when you've got all the information uh in front of you um because i know that there are times where sometimes some people are like oh you're asking too many questions or you're being too nosy but the reality is it's not nosy i'm not being nosy but uh, it's the intention behind it the intention behind it is to understand what's actually going on for the other person for example Mm-hmm. um and get a full view 360 view degrees view of what is happening in the situation and then coming at it from different angles but we can also also be mindful of that if we are asking questions of another person for example they might not be willing and ready to seek out those answers so that mm-hmm. might actually make them uncomfortable which is of course their process yeah but at the same time i mean that's why in therapy or in coaching i ask difficult questions and you know people sometimes are not <laughs> willing to show up in that um because it either hurts or it's somewhere where they're not ready or they're not willing to go but they it's they kind of had to go there in order to do the healing process they need to do or they're mm. seeking to do definitely it's being comfortable with the uncomfortable isn't it really and sure. getting getting oneself in that mode where um 
it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. But if if growth is something at the top of one's list, then it needs to be done. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But uh, I think approaching this curiosity with, and I always use the term childlike curiosity, uh, then there is that underlying joy and excitement with it as well. It's not, uh, sometimes you can have that curiosity that instills fear, but if you have that childlike curiosity, that can then uh, lighten it up and uh, create more joy around it, which is uh, important to keep keep the uh, uh, frequency high. Yeah, so looking at uh, the comparing the external versus the internal, we we kind of established that they can sometimes come from different places. Um, they have similarities, uh, but really understanding them and allowing ourselves to reflect on how we're showing up in the external and what are we experiencing on the uh, in, inside on the internal uh, can then help lead us to aspects of ourselves that need to be healed. Uh, if we're willing to go there, if we are daring to go there, perhaps even. Again, authenticity is something that changes over time. So what is authentic to me today is going to is very different from what was authentic to me 10 years ago. When we are reflecting on ourselves, we can always compare how am I showing up in my interactions and how does that compare to my idea of authenticity today so authenticity at any given time at least is going to have elements of compassion empathy passion resonance purpose higher vibrational aspects to it so if you're showing up in an interaction you're triggered with uh, you have anger triggered within you and you kind of rise up and take this superior role in the interaction and you snap at someone. Once you reflect on that and you kind of reflect on that vis-a-vis your authenticity, you're going to perhaps say, hmm, that didn't feel that didn't resonate with my authenticity because authentically I would like to show up communicating in a more conscious manner uh, with more compassion and empathy passion and so forth so just being able to reflect on that can then teach you about that moment so okay that wasn't my best it was the best i could do at that time as uh, the four agreements tell us but i know i can do better so why is it that i showed up like that and not with any blame or guilt or shame, just being accountable to ourselves for our own actions, uh, how we speak and how we think. Because also keep in mind, when we are talking about conscious interactions, it's not only about people on the outside. It's how do we interact with ourselves. So am I being conscious about how I interact with myself? Uh, with how I'm talking to myself, how do I feel about myself? Does my interactions reflect my authenticity? 
Now, if I'm showing up in a relationship or in an interaction, a relationship, whatever it may be, and I'm allowing others to walk all over me, then that might be because I'm fearful of what people are going to think of me if I hold my boundaries. Now, is that resonating with my authenticity? Probably not. Well, then I might have to step up and do something that is uncomfortable to me, which is establish my boundaries and say, I'm sorry, this is not okay. I don't feel okay with this. No, you can go and get your own milk. <laughs> uh, I am not your errand boy. Uh, but, but of course, we show up in that with a level of understanding of how other people are showing up as well. So always having this balance so that we're not... Confrontation doesn't mean that we have to instigate conflict. Confrontation just means that we are stepping in and saying uh, and saying no, always uh, kind of saying that no, this is not okay with me. What I would say if you turn up at a meeting with anybody, obviously if you're a, if you're a, um, a manager, yeah, you're, you're expected to have more knowledge than whoever you're, you're working with. Yeah, I would in some respects. So. But if you ever turn up at any type of meeting with anybody, you've got to have a mutual respect before because you might not know the people, but if you don't turn up with a mutual respect, you're not on a level standing. Absolutely. So, yeah, so you've got to respect people that might have more knowledge of the situation than you. Sure. Um, but they've still got the same... You've got to have the same respect as a person to everybody who's in that meeting. Um, so, have you had experiences where bosses show up and are assholes because they don't know their ass from the elbow? Oh, well, well there's, there's always assholes all over the world, <laughs> isn't there? Right. Um, but it's people who don't respect other people. Um, and, and they come in thinking that they're the main man. And nobody else knows as much as them. Yeah. But until you get to know everybody, until you get to know people, you don't know them at all. And that can be triggering, can't it? Of course it can, yeah. And yeah. Um, if you go into a situation when you're feeling belittled by somebody just because he thinks he's a gaffer, and then that triggers things in your mind, and that makes it might make you feel bad. True. Sure. It's that person who's made you feel that way. And that's that's just the way of life. You've got to stick up for yourself. And if people that, want to build, but that's a, a situation. That's a situation where you you can then be aware of the other person's behavior. Yes. Yeah. And, and just know that you know this is all about that person's insecurities. It has nothing to do about who I am or who, how no, I no, should no. feel. Right. No. Exactly. Because you went into a situation, and obviously, if you, because you, if you go into a situation when somebody has more knowledge than you, and obviously, that makes it does make you feel inferior. Because if you don't know what they're talking about, it's at some level of the conversation, mm -hmm. it does make you feel inferior. 
but it doesn't so, mean this. So how do you pro approach that from a conscious point, uh, perspective? Um, it's just like the lady before saying you've, you've got to, well, you've got to ask questions. If you don't, if you don't know the answers to the things, you've got to ask the questions. It's curiosity and, again, right? Yeah, yeah, curiosity. And so, and this is what you've got to do. That's what you do. Everybody in life, you've got to listen to what they're talking about. Yeah. But but it's it's like they're reading from a script, a script because they they've got the knowledge of what they're talking about. But you don't have the knowledge. In some things, if you're asking questions, they've got the they've got the know that you're only asking questions because you're not as knowledgeable as them of that situation. Sure. But then so, as we we pointed out before as well, and you have the situations yeah. where someone shows up pretending to have all the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. But don't have it. Uh, and those are the situations where you know how, having having compassion for yes. that person's uh, experience yeah. um, is that's part of the uh, the challenge for a lot of people to say well I wonder what that person has experienced that makes them feel like they had to show up and think they were better than me exactly. And yeah. show up and nobody as, is. as this type, uh, this superiority type, right? Yeah, that's it. Huh? It's just, it's all to do yeah. with, it's, it's, you're human beings and you've got to realize that other people, nobody has the same knowledge as everybody because yeah, they, no. they come from different, different, different places. Uh, they haven't, they haven't had worked in the situations. So it's, you know, it's, it's just, like I say, everybody's the same. Everybody's the same, but some people know more than other people. And if they're disrespectful to the people who don't know as much as them, they're not a bad, they're not a good person. So if you, especially if they disrespect you, and then you feel disrespected and you feel belittled, but you don't let them get away with treating you like you. So like at the pick up on the show. Well, that's it. Uh sometimes the situation might be that the best thing you can do is to just let them be in, you know, let, as you say, let them get away with it. Uh, but we always have a choice in every situation to, yeah. you know, do I stay? Do you, do you, do you bite your tongue or do I say something? Stick up for yourself. You've always got to stick up for yourself if you're being belittled. Well, I think that also depends on the situation. Um, so if I show up or if I stick up for myself and that is then going to cause, because I know yeah. the person that I'm interacting with is volatile, for example. Uh, yeah. If I stick up for myself, that is going to cause that person to completely explode well, and perhaps even get physical with me. Well, then it might well, not be worth it. I might just want to extricate my from self from the uh, well, it may experience. not, but is if you if you if you approach it in a in a proper manner, you know what I mean? If you approach mm -hmm. it in a proper manner and don't make them feel threatened the way that you felt threatened. Sure. I have I been I can tell you I've been in situations where the person just someone opposing them in any type of way they feel threatened and they 
the first instinct is for them to get explosive. And I, and oftentimes we're talking about people that are uh, have the, some level of mental condition. So that's I'm just kind of giving different uh, well, perspectives here, right? Yeah, well, that is well, of course there is, of course there is, but I think. Well, I, I know from personal experience, just by if you if you approach it in a in a joking type of manner, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can diffuse it and make them feel if you if you if like I say you may feel belittled and then jokingly saying, "Oh, come on, absolutely, um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely." If they're going at you, I think the best thing there is, you know, if you yeah. have a- bully that shows up going like oh telling you how what an idiot you are for example yeah yeah but i think what you're saying oh yes i know i can be such an idiot sometimes right yes yes yeah yeah but so that's what you've got to do you've got in your head you say your intuition you've Mm -hmm. got to decide whether or not you think that person is going to be approachable and how you can approach them you know you, you know, um, I know by looking at people, if I, like if somebody's six foot six and six foot wide, you don't start working yourself for them because you, unless you, unless you want to punch on the nose. But if you, if you do it in a certain manner, and they can take it, and you can, you wouldn't do it if you perceive that the, or oh, this, this bloke looks like he's going to lose his stamina here. Of course, you don't do it then. Yeah. But if you can take it, jokingly, if you can approach it in, in that type of manner, I think you can always um, make the decision that way, which way you've got to approach it. Absolutely. Now, approaching it with um, with anger with somebody is not is never the right way to do it because you know you can't no, that's, how... just, that's just going to escalate things, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I think at the end of the day, any interaction you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I did the best I could. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even, even, even if you know that you can do things differently next time, then you live and you learn, don't you? (laughs) Exactly. And, but that's the whole part of uh, reflecting on yourself and being aware and conscious is that you can then, you can then grow from that experience but knowing that how you showed up then was the best version of yourself at that yeah, time yeah yeah that's it right your best give it your best shot exactly you know, because like i say we, we don't know everything nobody knows everything no um, absolutely. Like absolutely that's what i'm trying to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> everything, but appreciate that like no problem cheers mate um so yeah it's at the end, and I, I do love, uh, you know, Carl Rogers is one of my favorite uh, psychotherapists, uh, kind of teachers out there. Um, and he talks about uh, how we bring ourselves into alignment. We're always seeking to come into alignment with ourselves, with our authenticity, as he calls it, the organismic self. Um, and that's essentially what we're doing here as well. And the interactions with ourselves and others is such an important part in 
understanding who we are uh, from a conditioning point of view, but also who we are authentically, and how can we bring ourselves to become uh, more authentic, come more into alignment with our authenticity and show up in that authenticity. Um, because that is then going to strengthen your boundaries. It's going to strengthen your relationship with yourself and you're going to attract all the relationships, all the interactions that are reflecting that. Um, and that, so that is a process. And that's why it's important to understand that, that uh, point that whatever you show up as is the best you can do at that time. But then reflecting on and be accountable for how you showed up is then going to help you to grow because you can then see, okay, well, I showed up like this and I did that. Perhaps I didn't have to snap at that person. How can I do that differently going forward? That is then conscious interaction. So as we are becoming to, uh, more involved and interacting or integrated with ourselves and with all the different parts of ourselves because the five-year-old version of yourself that had a traumatic experience when you heal that aspect of yourself you're going to integrate that part into yourself because now you're not going to be triggered from that perspective anymore so it's all about healing and reintegrating these parts of yourself uh, and of course when we're looking at the external, it's about releasing these preconceived uh, notions and preconceived expectations of how we should show up. If you show up authentically, no one's ever going to fault you for that. Well, they might, but that's from their perspective. But you are never going to fault yourself for that. So it's all about observing your own experiences, observing how you show up, who shows up, so what part of you shows up in your interactions, what roles do you assume, and how, what's the process that goes on within you when you are interacting with others and yourself. So if there is, perhaps this memory comes up, and perhaps there's a level of shame that comes up with that memory. What's the interaction that goes on within you? Do you start beating yourself up because of that shame that you're now feeling? Or are you observing that shame and being curious about it? And just observing it will then allow you to release that. And once you release that, uh, shame you may have to do it several times over uh, bring that memory back up but the more you release it the more of it you're going to release too so eventually you will have ended up healing it and you you release the emotion from the memory now you can recall the memory without the emotion now you can understand what the gift was that you were supposed to get from that experience can I just listen to what you just said there in terms of um, uh, bringing it up? I mean, um, I think it's about, for me, 
personally about embracing it, mm -hmm. welcoming it, and embracing it, and then facing it. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it is difficult, it's challenging, and it's scary as well sometimes. Of course. Because you're putting They're yourself very scary. in a position. Yeah, because you're putting yourself in a position to be even more um um scared of your shadows really. And well, the, whole, to... the whole point that we're we're holding on to this emotion to begin with is that it was scary and painful to deal with. So now sitting there and allowing yourself to fully experience and and allow this uh, emotion to kind of uh, go through you. Yeah, that's always going to be fearful, uh, scary, and uh, and uh, daunting. Um, I will say though, uh, when we are observing it, that we don't attach to it, we don't kind of hold on to it, but we allow it to uh, just transform and move through us without us doing anything to it we it can reveal itself to us it can show you a color it can show you names it can show you memories all sorts of different things uh, but that we are observing it from a perspective of our awareness so because a lot of times what we'll do is that what emotion will come up we're observing it and then we kind of attach to it because we create, we, we kind of spin into the narrative around the emotion. I feel this way because of this and this and this, right? So just be mindful. Uh, I know that that's probably not what you're doing fast, but just for the, uh, for the benefit of everybody listening that when you are in that process that you allow that emotion to come up, that you, you, observe it you don't necessarily need to interact with it you just observe it is that what yeah, you meant first yeah that's a really good point that you 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 put out there chris because when you do get into that that spiral then it does take you through a different rabbit hole well that, that that's what uh, allows you or that causes you to hold on to it because then you just take that emotion that is trying to escape from you just grab hold of it and you mangle it about and you push it down again so you you, you basically done exactly what you did to begin with <laughs> yeah and then it, it becomes worse so um i guess there's a different intention then in in this uh process yeah when you are facing it which is for healing rather than the the opposite direction which, yeah, like that, you said, we don't want to be going. Exactly. And I actually, if you listen to an episode we released uh, the other week, uh, Leader as Healer, uh, we were talking about, or uh, uh, Nicholas Johnny was talking about the narrative, which I thought was so brilliant. You know, when he works with uh, business people and they're saying, well, I feel angry because of this and this and this. He goes, Drop the narrative. And I love that because it's the narrative that allows us to, or causes us to hold on to it. So in the, in the, in, in the perspective of uh, interactions, uh, you know, my, my friend makes me feel this way 
because of this and this and this. The narrative, the, the because part is not relevant. The way you feel, that's the only relevant part. Now, where the, what is it that triggers that feeling? That's a different matter. That's going to the depth of you, not into the narrative of the other person, right? So that's, that's uh, the part that if we can drop the narrative and just observe the emotion, the emotion will then really reveal to us where it really comes from. Because it's not the narrative. Narrative has nothing to do with the emotion. It just triggers it. And it gives you an opportunity to dive deep and find out where the source of the trigger is. Uh, a, good, a good suggestion is when you have that emotion, if you have the anger coming up, I feel angry because of this. Just go to yourself, come on, drop the narrative. Just stay with the anger. You know, observe the anger. Don't hold on to it. If then your thought process starting to go, well, if they didn't do this, I wouldn't be angry. Okay, drop the narrative. The anger is there. It's a fact. Just allow it to be. Just observe it. And then your thought process, you go, you take control of it and you say, okay, so I have this anger. Where does it come from? What is it in my experience that triggered this anger? Hi. Um, I, I, I really uh, like, well, I, I liked all of today, but it's, it's, and it's a very good um, way if you could just, like you said, drop the narrative and just see how you're feeling with the emotion because nobody can force you to feel anything it's your own self that's making you feel that way you know like it's okay if somebody comes up and they say something really ignorant okay i'm going to react this way or i'm going to react this way so if you you know and if 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 it's coming from a, a different place it triggered something inside i like the idea of just dropping the narrative to the excuses that we attached onto that and dig deeper and find out where it really, really came from. I think yeah. that's, I, I, I think that's really good. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Wendy. And thank you, Nicholas Jami, for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> we'll uh, give uh, Nicholas uh, full props here. Um, yeah. So the, and it, it is, being able to be conscious in that process that will allow us to control how we show up. And how we show up is how we think, uh, speak, and act. So we, we can't control anything else outside of ourselves. Well, actually, we can't control anything but those three things. Now, uh, I've... Uh, had conversations with a lot of people about the thought process. And yeah, there are spontaneous thoughts that come up that we don't always control because they are so quickly to come up. But once we become aware of that thought, we can then say, no, this is not the way I want to think. I want to think this way. But our emotions, we can't control. 
where we can control them an extension of how we reprogram our subconscious and how we heal ourselves. But the emotion itself, when it comes up, we can't control it. We just have to allow it and observe it and allow it to reveal itself to you because it has so much value to it. And that's what emotion is all about. It's your body communicating something to you. And then it's up to you to choose whether you're going to accept that communication or not. So beautiful. Thank you for that, Wendy. Thank you, Faz, for your inputs there. Sorry, I I, um, I had a, do- a doctor that, a psychologist I went to once, and she said to me, feel the emotion and feel all of it because it'll pass through you within 90 seconds. Yeah. So... I, and I, when she told me that, I thought, oh, okay, well, how do you get the time period down? Because if I feel pushing, it's going to go on for hours. So, but she said, if you just feel it and let it feel it all, it'll only last for 90 seconds. And yeah. then you start. And, and uh, at first I didn't believe her at all, but like 90 seconds, no, I'm going to go on for days. What are you talking about? That's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've heard that too, that your body can physically only hold on to an emotion for 90 seconds, whether it be fear, anger, whatever it may be. Um, Any time after that, you're still experiencing it, you're holding on to it, either with your thoughts or with your actions or with your uh, uh the way you speak so if you get angry and you start yelling at someone then you're holding on to the anger so that's why when people i don't resonate with the whole aspect of letting out anger by yelling at someone because that's just transferring the negative energy onto someone else uh, you know, we, I suppose there are these sessions where people go out and hit trees or, you know, on logs and, uh, you know, get out their anger that way. But again, you, you're transferring into something else, living matter somewhere else. Granted that living matter might be better suited to transmute it than we as humans are, because we are, if you compare us to animals, you know, if I get ang- angry with my dog because it, you know, peed inside or something, and I reprimand my dog, uh, 20 seconds or 90 seconds later, the, you know, the dog is going to be happy as Larry, you know, it's not going to be reflected and it's not going to hold on to that interaction any longer. I might feel it because I'm, I'm still cleaning up the mess, right? But that's me holding on to it. The dog is, it's <laughs> its long forgotten about it, right? Um, so again, it's being aware of that interaction. The interaction is all about you, nothing else. It's not about anybody else. It's about you and how you show up and who, what part of you shows up in that interaction. I wish that things like this were taught to us when we went to school 
because if you knew these this thing you know things like this when you were growing up it would be so much better i think you know when you get into a situation and instead of it dragging on for weeks or months if you could just realize you know how, how receptive do you think my children are to me when i'm uh, talking like this not very but sometimes you can not yeah, at all well yeah. the, the point is that when they're you know older and they've gone past their uh, puberty and they're kind of getting more mature hopefully yeah. my my words will be in the back of their head and they'll go well actually he had a point didn't he but you know when my 12 year old comes home and is pissed off with someone you know it's it doesn't matter how much you know i try to teach her about conscious interactions she's pissed off and she wants to be pissed off <laughs> that's right. true yeah that's right so but you are yeah. I, i think you're absolutely right that it's something that should be part of the curriculum at school because you might not value it when you're 12 years old but when you're 28 or 25 then you're going to value it right So absolutely, now I agree with you. Well, thank you, everybody. It's been a very enjoyable session to talk with you all today about this and uh, having the input and uh, lively conversation. So uh, thank you. And uh, thank you for all showing up with your best energies, contributing to whether you spoke up or not, just being here, you're contributing energetically to uh, to the topic and the conversation. So thank you. Take care now. Have a good one. I love this concept of that everything in my reality construct is there to teach me something about myself. And conscious interactions really brings that into focus to understand that it's all about how I show up. What's my reaction to the experience? What's my reaction to the interaction? How do I think? How do I speak? And how do I act? Because every twinge of emotion that comes up in any interaction will reveal something about me and it will reveal something very valuable in, from my subconscious that I might not be aware of in terms of my habits, my patterns, my traumas, what I have experienced in my life thus far. And in my coaching and mentoring sessions, that's often what our conversations are about. My clients revealing their interactions and then we pick them apart and see okay what is it that you're learning from this and to constantly have a swing back from the uh, from this idea that it's the external that is the experience and go back into the consciousness of the interaction or the mindfulness of it and be conscious of the interaction as it pertains to ourselves internally and what is showing up and how can we use that as tools for our own healing. So if you find this work intriguing and would like to explore this further for yourself, then please go to our website, thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, click on the link for the 30 minute free consultation. And uh, we'll set a time to have a chat and see if uh, with the workshop for you where you can explore these topics further for yourself. But that's it for us today. I hope you've enjoyed the show today and that we'll see you next time when we release another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. But in the meantime, 
Take care, stay conscious and be mindful. Bye for now.